Hey everyone, welcome to the 11th episode of our mainline podcast this time on. I have Mr. Patrick Orfino, who is my co-writer over on the blog at emigearco.com. If you aren't familiar with Pat, he was on the 10th episode of this podcast, and uh, he spent some time in the Marine Corps over on the aviation side, and then got out and did some contracting overseas in Afghanistan and Kosovo. Along with Pat, I have Mr. Samuel Jones on. Sam spent some time in the U.S. Army Reserves as a 92 Golf, and then after he got out, he went on to do some contracting in Kosovo and the Marshall Islands. So I really enjoyed recording this one, Um, mainly talk about uh, his time in Kosovo along with Pat's, that's where they met, and then again he talks about the Marshall Islands and goes a little bit into uh, the Army Reserves as well. And before we get started, this podcast is sponsored by Mission Essential Gear, your one-stop combat shop, home of the Thules, the tactical handbook for unit leaders. Available at emigearco.com and Amazon as well. Also, check out the Freelancers, which is a media and research collective dedicated to covering modern conflicts with a soft focus on foreign fighters. Find them on Twitter at CBT Freelancers, Instagram at Freelancers Blog, and their website at freelancersconflictblog.wordpress.com. And also check out Fortress International, which is a veteran-owned research and analysis firm based near Washington, D.C. You can find them on Twitter and Instagram at Fortress underscore INT and their website at FortressLLC.org. And we'll get into it. All right, here we are. So, uh, Pat, Sam, how are you guys doing? Yeah, brother. Good. Living, living the dream, man. I'm glad I'm back with Sam Jones, man. Yes, sir. Same. It's good to see you. Uh, obviously not in person, but other than pictures. Yeah. Yeah. No, dude. It is a, it is a good time, man. I, I know I say this probably with way more people than I mean to, but uh, I definitely miss you a little bit. And I mean that in the most homoerotic matter that uh, it could be mean. So... Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> that's that's okay, man. Yeah, yeah. that's okay. Yeah, no, very very progressive times. You know, we're we're making Texas blue again. You know, getting hopefully. Where are you? Hopefully you're in not. you're in Missouri, right? Hopefully Always forget. Not. Is it Missouri or Mississippi? It's, it's I don't know. It's the same thing to me. I'm not fucking. I I get them confused all the time. Yeah, I can never remember the two. <laughs> Show me state, right? Yeah, yeah. Show me. Yeah. It was a uh, what a time it was, man. Or it uh, is. Rather. How long has it been since you guys saw each other, like in person? Oh, it, probably almost three years, right? Yeah, probably uh, September of 2017. Yeah. Because uh, I almost went back, and I think I texted you, and I think you were leaving when I texted you because you you spent that year in the Marshall Islands. Yeah, yeah. I was I got fed up. And like all this, like when I was in Afghanistan and I was like, fuck these dudes, like they're not paying me enough. Like this dude's an idiot. And then like they offered me like a $30,000 pay raise. And I was like, I called pulling that day and I was like, yeah, man, I, uh, I'll pay you guys back for that ticket. He's like, oh, yeah, I was like, he was like, well, how much did they offer you? And I was like, X, like $40,000 more. And he's like, 
yeah, I, don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, you'll be making more than the Black Hats just with that raise. So <laughs> yeah, dude, I was like, I felt bad because I didn't want to go to make money. I just, I just kind of wanted to go to hang out. But I don't know. You were doing it right, man. Like, especially once you got your family over there, you were doing it way right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was probably the best part. You know, they could, uh, we could like travel together and stuff. And, uh, you know, it was like a job at that point, you know, go to work eight, 12 hours, go home and they're there, you know. You got to explain that to the eight people that listen to our podcast. Like, you need to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm all, I'm all, I'm, I'm ready to help. So, like, when, when, when... I think Brody and I have had this conversation before is like when we're talking contracting, we're thinking like high speed dudes and like everyone's SF and like, mm-hmm. you know, they don't look like mashed up bubble gum and, you know, maybe, and they actually did train snipers in Okinawa and they're not just like, you know, traffic children. Right. Uh, right. With their dirt bikes and whatnot. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so like when, like explain more about this, like, peacetime i want to say peacetime but uh non-combat zone contracting would be the best way to put it right yeah yeah sure so so quick recap kosovo right that's where i first started um the u.s and nato you know they've had a presence there since 1999 that was the the uh last conflict in the former yugoslavia so basically U.S. troops have been there ever since. Uh, they have a base there called Camp Bonsteel. It's uh, pretty big. I can't tell you the exact size. About six square miles, I'd say. All Google, um, by the way. So Yeah, there's Google. Um, yeah. yeah, so it's pretty chill. You know, the company, when I was there, uh, still there today, called Torres AES, Advanced Enterprise Solutions. So they have a contract with the government to provide security, uh, force protection, basically. Uh, for those of you that don't know, that's um, basically, you know, controlling who comes in and off the base, you know, making sure people that come in, you know, have um, a reason to and proper credentials. So just doing that, you know, I was there for three years, uh, two years as a guard. And then my last year, I was a supervisor, you know, um, Pretty chill, you know, you have a nine mil pistol, Beretta, uh, M4 rifle, and just some other stuff. And um, you drive Humvees, there's little towers you kind of set up in, watch the perimeter. Uh, You can work the gate where you're searching vehicles. There's another gate where you're searching uh, pedestrians as they come onto the base. There's an office where you, you know, answer the phone, answer the radio, stuff like that. And that is basically it, you know, eight to 12 hours a day. Um, and if they could, they'd work you eight days a week. Yeah. Most, uh, Fair enough. Fair most enough. Yeah. I, okay. I mean, Pat, yeah, Pat made it sound like you guys were, uh, you know, like fucking Owen Wilson behind enemy lines or some shit. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with okay. you. <laughs> Sam, Sam can testify to this. Is that, and this happens on every U.S. installation. But like, dudes just show up, mate. All the time, all or, the time. Or they show up with bombs. Like that's happened yes. like four times. While like just, I think I think I remember you telling me like, uh, random like right. civilians would show up with like IEDs they dug up and shit, right? Yeah, Something and they're like and, th- and this is in Afghanistan. This is Kosovo, and this shit is from like the nineties. Like, 
and granted it, it still happens today i would say not as much in afghan because like but yeah dude you just get some fucking farmer that shows up he starts yelling at you in albania and then you're like my dude fucking shoe yo. fucking shoe fucking mirror my dude yo yo mirror yo 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 mirror <laughs> catch what is that man no good no good no good and then, but these dudes will like show up and they'll have it in like a box. So you think you're getting like a kid in there, some bullshit. And then it, there's just like a mine in there and you're like, Jesus. Oh, fuck. Or the, they, they always put it in the parking lot. Like they have an off base parking lot where the locals park. Yeah. They always put it in the parking lot. So like all the locals will leave. And then there's just a box there. And you're like someone, you know, who's doing their job is like, they just like yeah, leave their IEDs in the parking lot. Yeah. Like, you know, kind of a big deal. So, like, it's, like, uber weird, man. And, like, it's funny because you get all these guys who are air quote hitters, and then there's a dude who comes up with his hand cut up, and everyone's like, what do we do? And it's just, like, put a fucking Band-Aid on the dude, man. Like, that shit happened a decent amount, man, I would say, right? Yeah, probably every, uh, you know, maybe once a month, something strange like that. Maybe not always an IED, but somebody coming up like hey i need help like i remember one dude um like towards the end so bro <laughs> this dude he came in a taxi from like two hours away right <laughs> and he had the taxi drop him off and he told the guy in the taxi wait here i'm going in to get my money right <laughs> so this dude this dude comes in and he says i need to talk to an interpreter and i need to speak to the commander of the german k4 and we're like sir sir this is american base the germans are like another base and he said no 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 you must understand i just found i just found a hundred kilos of gold buried on my land i want to turn it into the germans and we're like bro you're in the wrong place (laughs) first of all where is it tell me (laughs) but um yeah this dude had like mental health problems i guess so you know yeah, and uh, yeah, CID came down. The counterintelligence Jesus. people came down. They were talking to him, and uh, the t- then 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 that's bad enough. We're trying to figure out this dude. The taxi guy comes up and says, <laughs> "Hey, uh, where's my money?" <laughs> <laughs> dude, 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 shit like that would happen all the time, man. Like we had essentially, and I think this is what it's gonna be. It's just us telling us how fucking stupid this place. But I had a guy that he there's three stories that stand out. It's when the the core like drove the taxi onto the base or something like that. Yeah, yeah, Dikashan, right? Yeah. Yeah. My yeah. name we'll we'll call him DR, the doctor. Yeah. Uh what was in the he he had like some stupid Mamba nickname. He loved Kobe. Yeah, Black Mamba or something, was it? I guess he called himself that. But yo, know, Brody, get this. So this dude. 2IC of the whole U.S. installation gets out, gets freaky. You're not technically allowed to drink in Kosovo, right? But everyone does because, you know, because it's Kosovo. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful country, man. You can you can have a good time sober during the summer, during the winter. Oof. But but when you're when this dude just he uses his like get on base free card, like makes a big deal about it takes a local national, has him drive him onto base to his to his room, and then just goes in his room and is like, all right, man, you know how to get back? This dude's, like, driving around and has no idea how to get there, you know? 
Yeah, so. just think, a local a local national with no clearance, unescorted. I mean, there's not a whole lot there, but I mean, who who knows what, you know, who knows, right? Even, even take it on a minor level of like some sergeant major going on a run that day. It doesn't even have right. to be a terror attack. It can just be like just, in, just general incompetence, you know? Right. So like you had that. You had when Eddie Green, this dude, Eddie Green was ridiculous. The guy jumped over the gate and just is like, yeah. mangled. that happened like one of my last days there. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember. What the hell is the guy's name? I don't, I don't know, dude. But people who come through the gate drunk, trying to fight and stuff like that. And you're just like, dude, what the fuck, man? They used to come up with EKGs all the time, like heart rhythm strips. And they'll like what? look at you. Yeah, dude. And I'd look at it and I'd be like, yo, man, I ain't a doctor, but this is not good. And like the guy's like having like massive like a, a possible heart block and whatnot. And you're like, dude, that shit used to happen all the fucking time. Fuck. That sounds like quite uh quite the experience. Dog, it is the most neglective group of human beings you'll ever meet. Yeah, there's and the crazy part is, and Pat could tell you this, there's an equal amount of really I wouldn't necessarily say high speed, but I'd say squared away guys. As there are, we had, we had whips guys who were just chilling. There was a lot of whips guys who were chilling. Yeah, but there's just as many, if not more, total dirt bags that oh, one hundred percent just like made the job horrible. Yeah, well, yeah. So there's a good balance, and then I'm probably yeah. in the middle, I guess. That's funny, dude. I had um uh, another one of Pat's buddies, a guy named Austin. Uh, he's like Muslim medic on uh, YouTube and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in Afghanistan like that's where him and Pat met each other I think and he was telling me this dude that he was in charge and like he in charge of he shows up for his first day um, and he's like hey man can I borrow your phone like I have to call my parole officer or whatever like how the fuck are you in Afghanistan like you're uh, to carry a weapon something? when you're on parole <laughs> how does that happen yeah that ain't right <laughs> And you know what's nuts about that kid? Like that kid was dumb as fuck, but he ended up being like one of the more squared away guys. Like he was he was a really good like PFC Lance Corporal. Like you told him to do something, and as long as you check check like that kid Austin was talking about, as, as long as you checked up on him and made sure he wasn't like doing dumb shit, you got done. Mm-hmm. I take him over like a third of the other dudes there. That's funny. Okay. Man. That's funny. Yeah. But uh hey. What's up? No, it was just Sam will tell you, man. It's it is it is beautiful. Look, the people you meet are beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Very um, like they're really pro-American for the most part. Um, you know, very uh, very welcoming to guests. Very accommodating. They'll go out of their way to help you. Make sure everything is good and. Uh, also, everything is super cheap there. So, the salary that we made, we're probably, and this is being this is being conservative. Yeah, probably we're in the top ten percent of their society, and that's conservative. Could easily be higher. Jesus. Um, yeah. I uh, I don't know, man. I loved it. Like I, uh, I don't know. One of the best times of, times of my life. Honestly, looking back at it. Um, I wish I did it like a little earlier, if that makes sense. Just because like it was such an experience that 
like you can't describe some of the things you see over there just like the uh the pure of like eastern european block isms i forgot I, how how long like after you got out did you start contracting because you're only like what 25 or something like that you're not much well, older than i am i'm 27 right? yeah i okay i got out in 13 and i was there i think october or september of 17 or of 16 yeah because I, I was because i was there september of 16 and i so think I would, you were I would you were like a month or two later yeah yeah because like when i got to the contract that's when they had their first big purge because everyone who got there at first they all like the contract ended october 15 and then everyone left october 16 november 17 or november of 16 and that's when i got there and it was guys like uh like dave foy weaver um what's his name ivy uh cedric brown i think was another guy that like these are all guys i knew in passing you know mm -hmm. so yeah uh, the company man you got guys who've been there really for like 15 16 years probably more yeah right? yeah no kidding yeah they just yeah guys that have been there since like oh four yeah yeah that's crazy and what yeah. they just take like leave every once in a while and then come back uh yeah even. some of them some of them have been there like consistently as far as employment wise and then some others you know they were there like a couple years and they go do something else and they come back a couple years and then so on like that you know okay you get a gotcha. lot of guys who, who who use it as that chill spot man because they're always so short on people always so like you can go there and essentially do like three or four months and then like as long as you're not a turd and like you do what you're supposed to do they they care but they don't as long as you give them your notice and, and stuff you know it's uh yeah, you know they'll respect you you can always come back yeah okay. and not be turd man like that's really if you're not if you don't cause problems but the guys who do that like they're seasoned guys and they'll go to iraq or afghanistan for two years and then come back yeah, I think that there's a there's a kid there. He was a cop. Uh, a little weaselly looking dude. He, he oh, looked like Jared. Jared Thomas. Jared. Yeah. He did that. <laughs> he, he did that. Like I think he's been there like three or four times. He married a four. Local. Yeah, four. Yeah, he's got a local wife. Yeah. Yeah. But so he was he, back uh, and forth in Afghanistan too. So. Well, he was with Cody. Cody Stump was. Uh, uh, he was with Cody Stump for a while and that crew and. They were all uh, having a grand old time at, uh, I think they were in Kabul together. Oh, nice. Yeah, they were having a blast. And it's cool, man. Like, there's so many people. And that's the thing is, like, the guys you meet who are a part of that good crew are some of the most awesome. Like, I still talk to a lot of the good guys. And, like, I've seen them come through Afghanistan because, like, I was on Bagram. So, like, they all came through Bagram. And, you know, you go ha have a, a lift with them, hang out. But, dude, some of these turds you meet, man, like, you want nothing to do with them, dude. <laughs> Keep them at two arms length. Because we got, like, garden out and stuff over there, and there's always some motherfucker saying something. You're like, dude, this job sucks. Like, this easy job sucks. Jeez. So, it is what it is, but I don't know, man. Sam did it right, though, man. Sam, Sam lived it up. This dude... This dude traveled all all the europe did everything it was him and this other guy this penguin looking dude named mark uh, jack benson 
Benson's tight, yeah. Benson's cool. He's been, you know, like me, I was about to brag till you mentioned him. So I've been to like 23 countries, but I want to say he's been to like 50 or 60, maybe more. Jeez. Dude. But like kind of kind of dive into that, man. Like how like explain explain because Kosovo is not a real country to half the world. So explain like right. it don't, yeah. Actually yeah. more countries, more countries do not recognize it than recognize it. Yeah. Um, so explain getting your family over there and then explain like essentially island not island hopping, but country hopping when you did get those breaks and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I mean I was there. So this is my original plan, if I could backtrack a little bit. I was gonna I was gonna be there 12 months just on my own, save up like about 10 grand and then come back home. But after I was there for like two, three months, I realized that I really liked it and how much opportunities there were. So I talked to my wife and she agreed to come out there and same thing with the kids. So I was there for about five months. They came out. We had an apartment in the, the city over and um uh whenever so like when you're there you have a one month unpaid vacation every year uh split into two two week in, uh, increments mm -hmm. and also so like i said they'd work you eight days in a, eight days a week if they could so uh like if i was on mid shift they have this uh form right where you can have a guy on days he'll he'll work an extra four hours and a guy on overnight he'll come in an extra four hours and they'll cover your shift that way so yeah. you can do you can do three of those in a row plus your one scheduled day off a month if you're lucky so if you can combine those four days then you could take a flight somewhere or drive you know it's like one of the neighboring uh countries so we would basically always take advantage of that and, um, man, I've been, I don't want to say everywhere, but a good amount, like, uh, obviously Kosovo, Macedonia, Greece, Bulgaria, Albania, Montenegro, um, Denmark, which is the most expensive country I've ever been to, uh, Sweden, Belgium, Luxembourg, Hungary, which is probably my second favorite place, uh, Serbia, Croatia, Spain, Andorra, Gibraltar, Morocco, uh, shoot, Bosnia, Italy, San Marino, and Slovenia in that order. That's while I was in Europe. Um, so yeah, everyone is really cool. You know, I'm, I'm glad I got to go out and travel, see, you know, different parts of the world, learn about different cultures and customs and and uh, stuff like that. And I think most people are the same, you know, most people just want to live their life and, and be happy, especially if they have a family, you know, they want to take care of their family, just like I do. And um, you kind of see that in people and it's really cool. So, you know, like, everyone's not all bad, you know, like how the news shows. Okay. So so how would you, you, you bring your family over? Because obviously there's rules, it's, you know, stricter immigration and whatnot for a lot of these countries but like explain to them like kind of that like loophole with like the sure. uh sure so as long as none of your eight viewers are kosovo government employees um let's hope not yeah <laughs> right uh so basically um you know in kosovo they love americans right so 
my wife and kids, they came to the airport, you know, they got their little stamp. And technically, just like any country, um, as an American, you can go in for 90 days straight without a visa. So basically what we would do is maybe every three months, we would try to go somewhere like to one of the neighboring countries like Albania or Macedonia or Montenegro or some other country where you can get a stamp on your passport. And in case anyone ever asked like, hey, you know, where's your visa or so on and so forth, uh, we'd be like, oh, she's not staying here. They're, they're just here visiting, you know, and they have all these stamps to show how they came in and how they left and stuff like that. Um, so luckily it never happened uh, with me that they needed a visa or anything like that. Kind of, I wouldn't say loophole. I wouldn't say we break the rules. It was more like a gray area, so to speak. Many times did you guys do that? Oh, well, I mean, we were there for three years. So I would assume, you know, every three months for three years minimum. But sometimes we would go, you know, like um, when they finally got the highway built, you could go from Kosovo to Macedonia in less than an hour. So there were some days even during the week, you know, I'd get off work, go home, change, and then you know, we might go to the mall over there in Macedonia or something. And because also, um, I know it kind of sounds strange, but you missed like the little things. Um, about 90% of Kosovo people are, eth- are Muslim, so they don't eat pork. So sometimes the best place, the most convenient place to get pork is in Macedonia. So if we're ever like craving, like, you know, something like that. Okay, nice. Yeah, explain, kind of dabble into the whole, I want to say them, they're like kind of the ethnic tension. Because I think we were there a couple of and I'm sure there was more after, but like with some of the, uh, some of the protests and whatnot that would go on. I know like they redid their government while we were there at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Kosovo, like I said, they they kind of sort of broke away in 2009 from Yugoslavia, Serbia, and then in 08 formally declared independence. So Kosovo's got about 2 million people. It's a little bit smaller than the state of Connecticut. So if any of you guys have been there, it's about, it's a little smaller than Connecticut. 2 million people, about 90% are ethnically Albanian and about 90% of the Albanians are ethnically Muslim. Uh, 5% are Serbians, um, they're ethnic, they're, uh, Orthodox Christians, and then there's four other main ethnic groups, uh, Bosniaks, Turks, who are Muslim, uh, Gorani people who are also Muslim, and the fifth group is like the Romani people, they're kind of like the gypsy people, Uh, if you will. So yeah, um, so there's there there. It kind of depends who you ask. You know, it's usually more people who are like 35 or older. But a lot of Albanians don't like Serbs. A lot of Serbs don't like Albanians, and it's just because of the war and stuff. Like if you go look at Google, like look at Kosovo 1999 or Kosovo 2004. So in between that five year period. I want to say like over 150 uh, Serbian Orthodox churches, monasteries, temples, graveyards, 
stuff like that were destroyed by um, presumably ethnic Albanian terrorists. Um, and very few, very little damage was done to like Islamic sites. Um, but that's not to say there wasn't violence on both sides. There definitely was. There's lots of monuments and memorials for a lot of the ethnic Albanians who were killed or raped or, you know, miss, still missing to this day. Um, so, you know, I don't really see a solution there. And the other four ethnic groups, they kind of just do their thing, like in their little, their little area, you know, they do their thing. And if they venture out, they kind of, you know, keep under the radar, so to speak. Gotcha. That, that whole area is still, there's still a lot that confuses me about that area and that time period, right? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's definitely, uh, it's not covered very well, you know, the breakup of former Yugoslavia and stuff like that. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. I, I know we spent a little bit of time learning about it in my class last semester, but. Oh, cool. And like, it was really interesting, but it's, it still just confuses me a lot. Like I get a lot of There's the a wars lot of mixed parts. up, right? I get a lot of the countries that fought mixed up, but I know there's still a lot of tension over there. Like I know Kosovo's president resigned like a week or two ago because he's facing yeah. uh, like war crimes charges in The Hague. So he so resigned this, to like protect yeah. the credibility yeah. of the office. Or whatever his name is. Yeah, Hathi yeah. Tachi or whatever. Mm -hmm. He was... He was so this is actually the third time. This is actually the third time he's gone to the Hague uh, really? on charge on charges. Yeah, and I guess the first two, I don't know if he was not guilty or if he was, you know, acquitted or if charges were dropped. But yeah, it happens all the time. But some of like the lower level guys, they're they're constantly going and getting. I don't know if I want to say guilty, but they're they're constantly being brought up. Well, what's his name? Um, their president was a former, I don't know if he was a general, you can call him, but he was a former leader in the KLA. Yeah, he was some KLA, some sort of officer, yeah. Yeah, if you look at the KLA, it was a terrorist group even while we were aiding them, like during the Clinton years and whatnot. And right, I'm not, right. I'm not coming at like an anti-Clinton strife, like for that, man. Like I, 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 I get why, you know, like... Oh boy, uh, what's his name? Slobodan Milosevic did some terrible things, man. Being yeah, in the terrible. metro, like there are a lot of Bosnians here, and uh, they are not fans. But um, right no, yeah, yeah. But I don't, like like Sam said, dude, there's there's a lot of genocide that happened on both sides. Of and that's just Kosovo. Then you have yeah. all the other republics, Bosnia and Croatia, yeah. which were which were technically worse. Yeah, um, I, I I don't know, man. Like, I think Kosovo is like one million people died. Bosnia is like five million or something obscene like that. Um, yeah, I don't know the numbers, but I guarantee you it was worse. Because in yeah. you know in yeah. Bosnia you had like six different factions fighting, and Kosovo yeah. was only really two. Yeah, man. Yeah, I think I think that's the one that really confuses me, right? I I get Kosovo and Serbia mixed up with Bosnia and Croatia, and then I know Bosnia was just a complete shit show in terms yeah. of like, the number yeah. of Muslims that fought and what they did was is they gave the Muslims Sarajevo so essentially they made like Sarajevo like a refugee point you know you think oh I'll go to the capital and it's safe there and then I don't know if you can call it the Yugoslav army I don't know if you can call it the Serbian army but they just started barraging Sarajevo for months 
Yeah, it's actually it was over a thousand days. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's three years, and the war lasted from ninety two to ninety six. And uh, yeah, you met when I was in Afghanistan, dude. I met a couple of them old heads from Bosnia who fought in that war. You know, some of their higher start like enlisted man, and those dudes are some fucking killers, dude. You had to be. It's hard fighting in that city. It's hard surviving, man. Yeah, it is. It is a beautiful city now. Like when I was yeah. there, when I was there January of 2018, but um, there's still, there is still, one, you know, 20 years removed buildings that have bullet holes and are cratered out from, from the fighting, you know? Well, that's like, we did this thing in, um, it's called the Dancon. And when you do the Dancon, man, it's, uh, oh, yeah. you're rolling through this place called Mitro Visa and that's where, like all a lot of the mass graves and whatnot came through. So it's a I don't know, it's it's a unique experience, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. Metro um and you learn a lot through uh learn a lot as well. So it's definitely an uber cool time. You know, if the pay I mean, even if the hours, you know, I could put up with the hours, but if the pay was a little bit better, they'd have a easier time of recruiting guys and keeping guys so that they don't just jump around and, you know, throw it and say, you know, F this, I'm, I'm going on to the next thing or, or I mean, I'm going back home, you know, this isn't worth it. Yeah. How much pay, if you don't mind me asking? I think when I got there, it was like 40 or something like that. 40 what? So here's the thing. This is where you lose a lot of people. So it's pros and cons. I'll explain it, okay? So I think it's like a 50 cents more now. But when you start, okay, when I started in 2016, it's $11.50 an hour. What? Really? So imagine telling somebody who's living in the States, hey, you feel like moving to Europe for $11.50 an hour? It's a hard sell. But this is how I looked at it, okay? Um, on average, you're going to work about 120 hours of pay period. Um, so that's about, you know, $1,500 and you're overseas. So it's tax free. You pay no taxes. Yeah. So you'll make it about three grand a month. You've got your room provided to you. Granted, you have two roommates, which sucks. Um, you don't have yeah, your own. We're never, we're never staffed. <laughs> so you're... Yeah. Right. So I mean, you might have one roommate, but, um, uh, yeah, so either the living situation kind of sucks, but like me, you can get your own apartment off base if you don't mind going out of pocket. It's really cheap. Um, you know, you have a defect there or a chow hall, a mess hall, a galley, whatever you call it. Um, and uh, so all your meals are provided. There's a gym on base open 24-7. There's two of them. One's like a weightlifting slash basketball gym, and the other one's like for CrossFit. Um, and, and yeah, man, that's, that's basically it. Um, so, but that's the, the problem is they can't ever keep people. So they're always having people quit, resign, uh, end of contract. Some get fired, but really not anything, any number like worth talking about, but some do. And, um, you know, people, you know, like Pat said, a lot of guys are there just chilling and when you're there to chill and there's a lot of BS, you end up not chilling. So they leave too. Yeah. Um, 
Okay. It, it's a perfect chill spot. I made like 40 grand there. They throw a lot of bonuses your way as well. Yeah, towards the end, so especially. Like, yeah. Yeah, like it throw a decent amount of bonuses and whatnot. So, like, and I think when I was there, they gave us a $1,000 bonus after like 45 days or something like that. Okay. Nice. Yeah. It was like maybe three months, I think. Yeah, you got like a decent bonus. Not to say decent bonus, but like a quick bonus, real quick. And like, I don't know. <laughs> it's also if you're a single guy as well, man. Like, like I don't know. If you're a single guy, it's definitely worth it, in my opinion. Especially like, perfect for like that post first job out of the military. Not really sure, or like even if you wanted to like start college, let's say in June, and it's fucking. Like you get out of the military in July and you have like eleven months to kill and you just want to go fuck around in Europe, like it's not a bad digs for anyone, man. Okay. Yeah. So just in case there's someone out there that uh is getting out of the military feels like going to Kosovo and bringing their family as illegal immigrants essentially. <laughs> how, how much is your rent, do you think? I'll Bro, I'll tell you, I'll I'll tell you right now, your head's your head's literally gonna spin, okay? So in the the big city that's big city with quotes that's right that's about a five minute drive from the base uh you can get a fully furnished two-bedroom apartment in the downtown in a penthouse you know top floor of the building uh for about 300 euros a month which is like 350 dollars really yeah brand new apartment and these these digs that they got, man, like no fucking slacking. And dude, like food's uber cheap. Everything's cheap, Bro. dude. So in America, because I, I have me, my wife, three kids. So we go to the grocery store and we spend about two hundred dollars. Over there, the same amount of groceries, higher quality, mind you, is about seventy-five or eighty euros. Damn, no um, kidding. My water bill was like two euros a month. Um, what is that, like five bucks or something? Or or, or four, yeah, three or four, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. My, my electricity bill was probably like around 30-something a month. Um, you can get like your Wi-Fi for your, for your apartment and like 250 channels on cable for like another 30 bucks. Um. So yeah, super cheap. So after all that right there, all of that, you know, your rent, your food, um, your water bill, your electric bill, your cable and internet is cheaper than the rent in Dallas. No kidding. Is there you know? a lot of people that speak English there or no? Yeah, I'd say, yeah, I'd say about 50% of the people can speak good enough to where you could ask for directions or something like that and then anyone basically i'm 27 so basically anyone my age or younger especially like if they're in the service industry like they're working at a restaurant or a bar or at the mall or something it's probably Mm -hmm. going to be a lot higher maybe 75 percent or greater uh english capacity and what they speak albanian over there mostly so there's two official languages, Albanian and Serbian, for the entire oh, okay. country. But the Serbs typically only speak Serbian. Um, and then the, the Albanians, they speak Albanian, 
but pretty much any Albanian that's 35 or older will also know Serbian because they grew up in the old communist system where it was only Serbian. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. It's pretty, pretty cool. And then they've basically learned English, you know, with U.S. troops being there 20 plus years. And then, you know, they kind of know, like, that's the international language anyway. Yeah, how, how big is the uh, peacekeeping force over there? It varies. So, so it's, they have, so it's called K-4, Kosovo Force. Mm-hmm. It's the, lo- it's the longest running NATO mission. They have 28 countries that contribute troops. And I'd say ballpark, I don't know for sure. I'd say they have around 4,000 troops. Wow. I'm actually surprised it's that many. Yeah, well, it's it's not only U.S. There's no, there's not a lot of fixed point, if any. Um, I don't know. It's a pretty, it's pretty neglected mix, man, because you got, like, Turks there and shit like that. Like, Yeah, like, like uh, I said, 20, 29 countries, and and not all of them are, are even NATO countries. Some are, some are just like, hey, we're not part of NATO, but we'll throw some troops in there if you need us. Got it. Makes sense. So, yeah, you got, <clears throat> you got that. And then, like, I don't know. It's a pretty neglected group of people, man. I'll tell you, I'll tell you that. Yeah, it's, it's wild. <laughs> as far as, like, countries. And, like, you, we, we did this thing a couple times called the DanCon. And when you yeah, do that, that was bit, awesome. Yeah, you meet like it's essentially like Every- a, it's like a thirty mile ruck. Oh, well, it yeah. can be. It's a, it's a marathon. Yeah, it's a forty yeah. k, so it's like twenty six. Yeah. So when you're doing that shit, like I don't know, like when you're doing that shit, it definitely is. Uh, you meet all these different types of people, man. That's the best way to describe it and like you learn about their cultures and like i do you remember we had this austrian guy who told us he learned to speak english as a family guy. family guy bro <laughs> i have that picture i have the picture with that guy still yeah man he's got a pretty awesome mustache yeah <laughs> family guy it's like what he for real <laughs> yeah, yeah. i remember it was cold as shit that day dude oh my god there was so much snow on the ground it was ridiculous yeah. i was the only one that didn't fall Dude, I was busting my ass. Yeah. Dude, everyone was, man. Fuck. Yeah, uh, was crazy, or what? What's that? Is that like up uh, incline or anything like that or no? No, it so, was. So, so it's 20, 26 miles and it goes through all terrain. So like your best case scenario, you're on like a legit paved road, but that's probably not even like 1% of the route. Everything else is like going through the hills and the mountains and it's all dirt road and the winter there sucks like you don't see the grass for like six months yeah um and it was just snow and ice everywhere i remember i remember finishing it and you know thinking it's a miracle i didn't break something like an elbow or a wrist from trying to catch myself i don't know how many times dude um but it was worth it like pat said you know you really get to meet Obviously, you don't talk to the thousands of people, but you literally see hundreds of people from all the, you know, the coalition countries and kind of like with traveling, you know, even though everyone's different, everyone's still there for the same thing, like to, to, you know, help stabilize that country to hopefully one day they could stand up on their own without, you know, support. 
Okay, for sure. And so I guess backtracking a little bit, you did some time in the Army, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was Army Reserve, so part-time from 2010 to 2016. Okay, and then did you join right out of high school, pretty much? Well, technically, no. So the Reserve and the National Guard, they have this program. It's called the Split Option. So actually, I joined my 11th grade year of high school, and uh, I joined like October of my 11th grade year. So starting in January of my 11th grade year, I was going and I met my army reserve unit that I was going to be a part of. And I did the one weekend a month, even before I had any military training. And uh, I did that for like five months, like one weekend a month. I finished my junior year of high school and literally three days later, I was on the bus and I went to basic training in uh, Fort Jackson, South Carolina. Um, I did the basic training, you know, it's 10 weeks long. Um, and then went back and I finished my senior year and now I'm a senior in high school, but I'm also in, in the reserve. So every month I'm doing my drill weekend. And, uh, then I finish my senior year and I get like two or three weeks off. And then I go to my AIT, which is the army's job training, Mm -hmm. uh, Fort Lee, Virginia, uh, for eight weeks, I was a cook, uh, 92 golf. And, uh, I did that, uh, finished, came back and, you know, I was just regular army reserve, uh, from there, you know, fully fledged member, been through all my training. Um, unfortunately no deployments, uh, during that time, which sucked. I, I really wanted to deploy while I was in, but, uh, I didn't have a clearance while I was in. So that might've been one issue. And then also, you know, there, there's really not a whole lot of need for cooks, uh, especially uh, downrange because they, they contract a lot of the work out. So kind of just did my thing, you know, did my six years and thought about reenlisting. But then I found out about contracting and um, kind of that ship has sailed. But who knows, maybe in a year or two, if I feel like it, I might I might try to go back part time, though. Okay, for sure. I know with like, um, with Marine cooks, like those dudes, they make food like when we're out in the field, right? But then uh, if they're not needed out in the field, they get like temporarily assigned to the chow hall. Like that honestly, like seems fucking miserable. Like I had a few friends that had to do that, right? And they constantly had to move barracks too. They had when they were, yeah, when when they were with, um, the chow halls that's like the headquarters battalion of the base yeah moved to the headquarters battalion barracks which was like i don't know a couple miles away from like our unit's barracks and they had to do that like constantly like that sounds awful but yeah that sucks they couldn't just task them out like you know keep them where they're at you know oh for sure but i guess like what what do you do as a cook in the reserves like do you just cook for the guys like when they're out in the field or So I was actually, so we were at a reserve base. So 
So the base that I was at used to be an active duty Navy base, but they shut it down like in 95. And then in 05, the reserve took it over. So it's a, it's actually like a real, like a small base Mm -hmm. and there's buildings there. So uh, where I was at, they actually had an old DFAC. So during the drill weekend or whatever, we would just go in, make sure everything was working and then we would cook the meals or whatever. And probably only like two or three times a year would we go out to the field and cook. Okay, gotcha. That makes sense. But I mean, it was okay. It's okay job. Like if you like to cook, it's good. But I really don't like to cook. So for me, it was kind of like, eh. I ended up, uh, I ended up getting promoted, made it to sergeant after like a little over three years. So then I went more to like a supervisory role, you know, hey, you do this, you do that. I'll fill in kind of uh, here and there. Mm-hmm. So that was good. You know, I had, to, I had less cooking, which uh, was good. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, uh, is that the job you wanted initially or what? No, bro. So you know what? I knew I wanted to join the military ever since I was 12, but I never had any like, okay, I'm going to go to this branch and I'm going to do this job and that's it. Never, that never crossed my mind. So mm-hmm. I just happened to go into the army office. My mom brought me there and uh, talked to a recruiter. And I also didn't know the difference between active and reserve. So when the dude was like, let's talk about your career in the army reserve. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> um, so ended up, you know, going through the process with a recruiter, went to MEPS, took the ASVAB. And they showed me like on the sheet of paper, they're like, okay, you qualify for these jobs. Like, I want to say maybe it was like 10 or 12 jobs, right? And uh, uh, they were like, okay, so the reserve is different from active duty. So we have to place you in a job that's located within 50 miles of your home of record. Because if you go outside 50 miles as reserve, the reserve has to pay you for your lodging and for your food while you go do your drill weekend. So they're like, this is the only job within 50 miles. Um, and it was cook night to golf. So the guy it was at MEPS. He was a master sergeant E eight. He was like, Hey, you don't have to take it. If you don't like it, you can go tell your recruiter and then you can come back next month. But just so you know, there might not be anything next month, just take it or leave it. So I called my recruiter, told him, and uh, he was like, no, bro, just take it. And, uh, you know, you can switch your job once you're in. The biggest fucking lie of any recruiter. <laughs> they must they must practice that in the mirror, you know. And um, so I was like, all right, yeah, 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 yeah. And sure enough, you know, I ended up getting, which kind of on my fault, <clears throat> my part, I mean, uh, made it difficult because I got a $10,000 bonus to do that job. So... Oh. I ended up trying to switch my job like two or three years later. And they're like, yo, for every year of your contract that you have not fulfilled, you're going to have to pay back like $1,800. I was like, oh shit, you know, I already spent that money. So um, ended up kind of sticking it out. Yeah, uh, that makes sense, man. And then how did you find your way to contracting? So while I was reserve, I had a bunch of like bullshit civilian jobs, like working in restaurants, warehouses, labor, all kinds of shit. And uh, I was kind of interested in law enforcement. 
So I ended up working in corrections. I worked for the for a sheriff's office in the jail for a year. And while I was there, some guy just kind of mentioned it in passing, like about doing armed security overseas, like kind of like in maybe not those exact words, but that's what it equal to. So I went on Google and I just typed it in armed security overseas and um, found the name of a company and uh, just applied. And it was real quick. Like it took like, like three weeks to do everything. Nice. And did you go to Kosovo first or the Marshalls? Yeah. Yeah. Kosovo first for three years and then the Marshall Islands. Okay. How was the Marshall Islands? It was pretty sick, man. Um, Basically perfect weather. It's like 80 degrees all year. The downside is it rains every day. There's a literally fuck ton of flies. Like you cannot do anything outside in the daytime without being swarmed by flies, you know? Um, it's so remote that it takes like three and a half, sometimes more weeks to get mail out there, which sucks. Um, but besides that, it's chill. You know, you have your own room, your own bathroom. Uh, you know, there's a DFAC gym 24 seven. There's a pool, tennis court, you know, all that good stuff. Um, you can swim in the ocean every single day. There's a saltwater pool, um, on base and uh you know kind of just like anything else whatever it's what you make it you know there's some bs there some favoritism um but overall it's like any job yeah i hear it i hear it and were you able to bring your family over there too so not there right so the marshall islands so not the marshall islands they don't care it's the base Right. So the entire island that I, the entire island that I was on is a base. And so for there, you can bring you have 90 days to bring people. So you can bring one person for 90 days or you can bring two people for 45 days or three people for 30 days or something like that. You know, some combination. And then that's just January through December. Um, but while I was there, coronavirus hit. So the whole Marshall Islands locked down, like nobody's coming in. So um, I probably wasn't going to bring my wife just because like to go out there is like $1,800 and there's only one airline that goes out there. So um, even if coronavirus hadn't hit, but who knows, maybe if she really had wanted to come. Okay. And were you doing the same kind of stuff over there, like ECPs yeah. and all that crap? Yeah, armed guard. So, you know, you're checking people as they come into the island or you're driving around like you have a little patrol car, kind of like regular security, checking doors, checking gates, alarm goes off, you go over there. That job is actually a lot more similar to law enforcement because so they don't have military police there. They have uh, Department of the Army civilian police, like two federal cops that are there. And there's just two. Of, there's literally just two of them. So if they need backup, uh, we go help them out with whatever they're dealing with. Or if they're busy with something and something else pops off, we'll go over there. And uh, sometimes we'll, you know, secure the scene until they can arrive. Or we'll just, you know, take, you know, make like a detailed report of what we saw, what we dealt with, and then turn it over to them. Like, uh, I, I went, dude, I remember like, racking my brain when it happened because 
I remember I went to like a domestic violence by myself, you know, never had really any formal training in dealing with that. And I'm thinking like, damn, like, how the fuck do you do this shit? Like, this is, you know, and then there was no cops there. They were already off for the night. They couldn't be called back in because of, you know, federal overtime bullshit. So um, definitely one of the more serious moments. <laughs> okay. So was that a U.S. base you were on? Yeah. U.S. Army. Yeah. It's uh, it's called uh, USAGA, uh, U.S. Army Garrison Kwajalein Atoll in the Marshall Islands. Interesting. How big is that garrison? Oh my God, dude. Like legit. There's probably 30 soldiers there. <laughs> yeah. There's 30 full-time soldiers and there's maybe a dozen uh, U.S. Navy Seabees. They huh. do like a three, a three month rotation. They leave and three, then a dozen more come in, but it's actually mostly civilian. There's about a thousand um, either contractors or federal employees that work there. Okay. And are they just there to secure the islands pretty much? No. So we do that. Everybody else is there working on like the radars and missile defense and stuff like that. Like the whole reason we're there is pretty much to counter like Chinese and North Korean um, expansion, aggression, in case anyone ever shoots a missile. Like it was just in the news. Like you guys could Google it. Um, we just shot down for the very first time ever. There was an ICBM in space, mm -hmm. and they shot it. Down, they shot it down from the Marshall Islands. No kidding. I think I saw something about that a couple of days ago. I didn't realize it was from the Marshall Islands. Though. Yeah, they do it. Maybe they do some kind of test like that every like three or four months, either out of California or out of Florida or somewhere else. It's pretty tight. Like, it's pretty cool to see it happen. Like to see where the missile lands or on Marshall Islands, how they shoot one to counter it, you know, mm -hmm. makes you feel like, damn, you know, we got all this firepower. It's freaking awesome. That's interesting. Like we're, I don't know, like we're connected to the Marshall Islands kind of, but they have their own government and stuff. It's well, okay. So, so more than 50% of their, of their whole budget comes from direct U.S. aid. No kidding. Um, and we have something with them called uh, not a SOFA, but like a COFA. It's a compact of free association. So anyone from the Marshall Islands can come to the United States, live and work and go to school with no visa, no issue, nothing. Same thing with American citizens to the Marshall Islands. Okay. Is there a so like a lot to do around there or what do you really do besides swim like no exactly like if you're into water sports you're in paradise if you're not a big fan of the water you're probably not gonna like it fair enough does it get really humid over there yes super humid how'd you get that dude me uh let me see so you remember johnny murray the legend the legend johnny murray goddamn savages um so you know he was there like 2017 to 2018 or or maybe it was 16 to 17 i don't remember um so he was there he told me about it so i went ahead and applied and i was worried because i didn't have a clearance so um like i went through the whole process and they were like yo man you're good to go here's your you know such and such go ahead and fill it out 
and uh, everything went good, you know, you know, by the blessings of the Lord, you know, ended up uh, getting on over there, getting my clearance, no issues. And um, that was it. I definitely recommend it. But um, like I said, there is some BS here and there. Yeah, I know. I know a couple guys go over there. Um, it just seems like a chill spot, man. Like it's good for a lot of older heads, you know, guys who are just wanting to chill, kind of relax, not really. I don't know. I think I think with contracts like that, man, if you could stay up, especially because the workload isn't too crazy. Like if you could stay above the bullshit, you'll have a good time. You know, because they yeah, fly definitely. to Hawaii for free, right? No, not anymore. They don't do that anymore. Oh, they don't? They used to fly yeah. you to Hawaii, and a lot of guys are just chilling in Hawaii during their R&R. Yeah, they used it. I forget what it was called, but they had like a, it, like it was called like a something break, like a mid contract break or something. And uh, yeah, they would fly you to Hawaii and you'd get, I think, 10 days paid in Hawaii. And uh, then you'd fly back and you'd, you know, finish the rest of your contract or whatever. Now you just do a year. Yeah, you just do a year. Um, you can, you can take vacation, but because of COVID, um, had I took leave, I wouldn't have been able to come back. So I worked the whole 12 months straight. Yeah. That's, uh, that's gnarly, man. That's a long time. But it's a different environment, though. At least it's not cold there either. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, like you're wearing shorts and a polo. I, I wore either Vans or Converse shoes. Um, you know, no headgear, no undershirt, just a regular, you know, just super chill. Yeah, uh, definitely, definitely an attractive gig, man, for sure. Yeah, and definitely. Just a nine mil. Just a nine mil baton, handcuffs, and if you have OC spray certification, then you carry pepper spray. Freaking! Did they have like a boat team? They had people when the when they did testing. They, they did, but they don't have that anymore. But. If there is testing going on, then just two random guys who are certified to go on the boat will go out. But they're not like boat people, just reserved for that, you know? Okay. But they did have the boat team for a while. So. Yeah, yeah. No, it was its wholly different unit. Yeah. So did you go anywhere? Like, on, you didn't go in any other spots on vacation for that, right? Like, that was it? Like, it was just kind of... Yeah, so I went to two other islands while I was there, but within the Marshall Islands. So okay. same same country though. So that was for work or uh no, just you know, I had like a day off. I went to one and then the other one I went to one. <laughs> they have boats, I'm guessing. Like or how Yeah, it? so so the main the other island um where most of the workers come from, there's there's uh two ferries that can take you over there. Yeah. And um so I went there twice, and then the other island I flew to. It's like a 20-minute flight. The commercial or, like, commercial aircraft or, like, helicopter? No, oh, no yeah, it's a, it's a plane, but it's – um, it, the plane sits, like, 12 people. Um, it's, like, run by DynCorp. Gnarly. So who, who, do you, who do you recommend? Like, what type of guy do you recommend to this contract? And, like, if you can give – or a couple of listeners and whatnot like what do you what's what's the purpose of going out there for them so um 
if you like water sports, if you like, you know, stuff like that, it's perfect. Scuba, snorkeling, wind sailing, just regular chill, like beach life. It'd be perfect for you. Uh, if you're kind of looking to get away, reset, be very isolated. If you like being isolated, that's that's a good uh, gig for you also. Um, if you'd like to get into contracting and you have at least two years experience of either, you know, military, law enforcement or security, preferably somebody that has a DOD secret clearance, but it's not required like me. I didn't have one. They sponsored me. And, uh, you know, someone who's willing to learn and, you know, bring a good positive attitude to work every day and, you know, you'd fit right in. Any regrets towards it or not? Not really. I did feel kind of slighted when I didn't get promoted, but, um, you know, you can't get promoted every time. So I kind of let it go. Yeah. Okay. How's the pay over there? So I uh, you start at seventeen twenty-five per hour, and I want to say every February you get a three percent raise. Okay, is that tax? So there's no federal income tax, but you do pay Medicaid, you do pay Social Security, and then there's some BS five percent local tax that you have to pay. That's not terrible. Gotcha. Yeah. It, but it's so that's the thing though it's more than Kosovo so if you've never done contracting it'd be good because you're like oh no federal tax that's great but if you come from Kosovo where you're paying zero tax and you're like oh what the shit is this you know but um yeah <laughs> so all the places that you've been which country was your favorite and which country was your least favorite and why okay definitely Denmark was my favorite absolutely favorite um just everything about it like i can't even really explain it just the people the culture the atmosphere the food um even though it was cold as shit there i would still move there like i i would just get a scarf and gloves and a jacket you know <laughs> i'd be cool with it um so denmark what i didn't like about denmark is the price super expensive definitely the most expensive country i've ever been to in my life um so if you go there after coronavirus uh bring some money because you're gonna need it um least favorite you know dude i really didn't have a least favorite every single country was amazing if i had to say least favorite i'd say marshall islands you know because i'm not really big into water sports and stuff like that you know i basically just worked and went to the gym and ate and then went back to my room to be honest um shoot okay well i guess which uh which country had the worst food the worst food um oh my god that's the tough one I'm going to go again with Marshall Islands because it's pretty much it's pretty much all either, you know, you're eating basic army defac chow or you're going over to the the neighboring island where it's not very sanitary. So um, I'll say again, Marshall Islands. Yeah. <laughs> best food, the best food, probably. Um, 
Ooh, that's tough. Probably Spain, maybe. Yeah. Maybe Spain. Yeah. Okay. That's some bomb ass food. What was that? Burger Plus. Did you ever go to Burger Plus? In Kosovo? No, in Macedonia. Um, was it in the mall by chance? Uh, it was right by the ship. That that ship. That oh, they had. No, it. Yeah, it, was, it was good times, dude. I uh, I was a fan. Hell yeah. <laughs> Um, it's called, I don't know, man. Like, it was weird because they had a bunch of weird places like that where it was just like random ass names and just like food. Like, dude, you gotta, you gotta go to this place called the, like, the best food you'll get is, um, is at like gas stations and shit in Kosovo. Yeah. So over there, every gas station has a restaurant in it. Really? And yeah. it's like legit. I'm not saying it's like a five star. But it is legit, like, appetizer, a meal, dessert, like, you're squared away. Yeah. Yeah, it is, uh, you get a decent amount of drinks there, too, like. Yeah. And during, uh, during, uh, what the hell is it called? During Eid, that place, those places are fucking popping, dude. Oh, yeah, because after, you know, they can eat now. (laughs) Yeah, what is Eid? Is that, is that, like, the end of... It's not the end so, of Ramadan, is it? So during Ramadan, you know, they and they have like a calendar that tells them. But basically from like three or four something in the morning, they have to stop eating and drinking and they can't consume anything until after sundown. So usually like after seven or eight PM. So you just waited, you know, 18, 19, 20 hours, you're gonna go out and have a good time, you know let loose so that's basically what that is interesting yeah dude it gets uh but 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 but, you know about islam you know i i don't know how many literally thousands of mosques there are in the country most people are not practicing though they're muslim like in name only or they're muslim because their parents and grandparents were muslim um you know, a lot of people. The Ottomans were there. Like the uh, Ottomans. Yeah. The yeah. Like a, a, a lot of people, they will eat pork on the low, though. They just won't tell anyone, you know. Um, they're all drinking. Yeah, they all drink. They all smoke, they all you know, stuff that, they're, stuff that they're supposed to be against. Yeah. Um, That's probably like the younger generations, huh? I think. Yeah, that's probably. Everyone, man. But even even people older, you know, they drink, smoke, stuff like that. Okay. Like I don't, I, I'm not slut shaming them for doing it. It just makes no. It I mean, pork pork is good, you know. Sure. Yeah. You we get a. Now his name's uh, I think it's either Juan or Jorge, but he used to grill pork, and we used to buy it from a freaking Muslim dude. <laughs> And like I don't, I don't know, man. I'm good with it. Like I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I mean, it goes down the same way. Like I guess, I guess while we have you here, what was your favorite place to go to and least favorite? And then same thing with food. In Coast, uh, when I was man, I I loved Macedonia, dude. Like I was, I didn't travel as much as Sam. Um, 
because I was kind of grinding, like, because I was grinding on, like, trying to pay off some debt. And it, man, like, you know, I didn't have a family or anything, so I didn't want to get to like, I had a number when I got there. And then when I met that number, that's when I started kind of uh, branching out. I used to go to Macedonia, man, all the time. And uh, I had a great time, dude. Like, and they have this thing called Borek, which is like. Oh, Borek, pastry. yeah. Yeah. That's all it is, is a meat pastry. And you would eat it. And uh, like, dude, you'd have the drunkies, man. And you'd just be fucking throwing them down, dude. I love that whole part of the world, dude. Cause like you go out, spend like 20 euro and like you'd be drunk, you'd be full and you'd be tipping and they don't tip over there. So no, it's like pretty much just Westerners. Yeah. Yeah. So when you tip, they're like fucking, and that leads to a lot of issues with the locals. Um, really? Cause they think, cause they, cause you know, like, they hate to cut them off, no, but like, we're showing you them know, up. Yeah. Cause we're making, you know, three or four grand a month. And they're making three or four hundred. So they think, oh, who's this guy? His bill's only five euro. He's going to leave five euro as a tip or some shit, you know? Um, but gotcha. to us, that's nothing. Like for us, that's nothing. But for them, that's like a whole day's pay. Bro, I think I got so fucked up one night. I was with our buddy Charles and we were in the capital, Pristina. And dude, like, we met up with the Albanian national basketball team. And this shit happens all the time. Like, how, how, how did these things happen to you? I don't fucking know, dude. You're just that guy. Dude, I don't... I got a couple of stories with this dude, Mr. Ch- Mr. Charles. But, um... Ah! Ah! That was... <laughs> fuck, dude. We had this guy named Renoso, and he'd be like, it's so hard, I'm Renoso. He ended up getting fired, but, uh... Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were with the Albanian national basketball team, and, like, by the way, there's, like, black dudes on this team who, like, are from, like, random-ass European countries whose, like, grandfather might possibly have been Albanian. It's it's that ridiculous. It's, 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 moving, it's moving the district that you grew up in as a kid to go play on the better hockey team. But, um, dude, we got so fucked up, and I didn't pay for anything, dude, because they bought all our drinks, and I gave this wait, waitress or waiter like a hundred dollars or something like that. And then he was like, man, you come out with us. Like you can hang out, marry my sister. And I'm like, yo, man, that sounds awesome. And I really want to do all that, but I have a girlfriend and I do not want to marry some Albanian woman right now, which and get caught in that grind. My least favorite place, man, believe it or not, I went to a place called Duras, Albania. And I didn't really like yeah. it. It's kind of dirty. It is dirty. I like Tirana way better. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe oh, because dude, you just pissed uh, off like all our Albanian listeners. All yeah, <laughs> like I, four I, out I, of our eight listeners are Albanian. Probably, wow. dude. Fucking <laughs> Arbor, dude. Fucking Arbor, man. Dude, oh, the they, guy, the guy. <laughs> bro, so our boss comes in one day. And this dude Arbor was our interpreter. Well, he had like nine side hustles or some shit like oh, that. Oh yeah, maybe more. Yeah, he, he was the man. He he works in Afghanistan now. He works on like the flight line there. But he'd be like, this. Our boss comes in. He goes, I understand. Some of you guys are having issues with Arbor. 
Well, Arbor has embraced capitalism. <laughs> Do you remember what he said? And you have to remember when you come to the country, it's no different than them coming to ours. You know, they're gonna they're we're gonna mess with them, they're gonna mess with us. You gotta be smart. This ain't, you know, and he's like, so when you buy that car from Arbor, which we have nothing to do with, you need to realize that Arbor is gonna mark that price up for you <laughs> times. And I was like, you know, he's not wrong. But this is hilarious. So this is a conversation right now. That's funny. He's like a used car salesman or what? He's uh, used everything salesman. He's, he, he, you know, now that you say that, that's funny because I actually used him when I got my first apartment. <laughs> <laughs> he used him as like a reference or whatever. No, he, he found it for me. Oh, really? So picture like, you know, prison, you know, there's that guy that kind of gets things. It, that'd be him. Sounds like a very interesting person. Right. Because like over there, like, so my landlord, right? So I, I went to my landlord with Arbor, saw the apartment, everything was good. And I moved in. So their custom is since Arbor found, got me the apartment. I pay my first month's rent to Arbor, not the landlord. So, really? yeah, so I only ended up paying the landlord like 11 months rent, not 12, because Arbor got that first month as like the finder's fee, you know? There were stories of Arbor like not telling people this shit and him like taking the rent and then some guy going into the apartment. Like, who are you? Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you just have some dude? And this, this isn't like day two or three. This is like months. And then, like, they're like, you, you owe me $3,000. And he's like, but I've been paying this guy for like a year. And they're like, who is this guy? Yeah. Who? <laughs> but, but now that you say that's funny, like, what, what I don't like about over there, like about the apartments and stuff, is they don't come with parking spots. Yeah. So, or, or even if they do, they'll charge you like an extra 50 bucks a month to use the spot that comes with the apartment. Like, what the fuck? And um, they charge you to use the elevator. Like, to use what? the elevator. Yeah, so to, to use the elevator, you have to have like a special key. And like, for me, if I'm on the ninth floor and I bump into somebody that's like on the fifth floor, hey, can you buzz me to the ninth? They can't even do that. So, like... Um, you get like this little key fob and that hooks up to the elevator and it knows what apartment you're in. So when you scan it and then I push floor number nine, it takes me to that floor. So like little things that are included, like in American stuff, they don't necessarily have over there, or at least not yet, which is kind of, you know, something they're lacking in, especially if they have a lot of American clientele. Yeah. It's, it's hilarious because like, People get upset about it, and if you've been there a minute, you're just like, "Why are you surprised?" <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Like at the end of when I when I left there, dude, and it was probably bad, but when I left there, literally nothing that I saw or heard in that country would surprise me. I'd be like, "Oh yeah, make, yeah, probably makes sense." Like mm -hmm. it could it could be like you know you're, you're a tourist and you're fresh off the plane and you see something that makes your eyes like a bug or your mouth drop. But I'll be like, oh, no, I've seen that before. <laughs> you know, no big deal. Like, oh, that's all they did, you know? Yeah, it is. 
It is it is as close to being in Kazakhstan without being in Kazakhstan. Probably. <laughs> Have you been to Kazakhstan? No. Or are you just going off a of Borat? Yeah, Borat, man. Borat, <laughs> bro. Like, dude, you'll see these things. They call them Kosovo Harleys, and it's just oh, like yeah. it's like a tractor with a motor and like a flatbed attached to it, and they're just like they're just like not a highway. Yeah, with children. How fast can they go on one of those things? Tops five miles an hour. Oh, you really? I've seen them go a little faster. They're cool. You think faster than that? Probably. I don't know. Maybe, but definitely not more than 10. (laughs) Did you ever go to a live music? No, no. No, dude. They have these things called live music, dude, and they're whorehouses. And it's like so much fucking human trafficking, dude. But you got to go to it just to, ex- to understand it. Well, the way it works is like, you know, at a wedding where they're like the bride and groom and their party is up front. Yeah. Well, there's that, but it's all women. And then there's a guy at like behind them all is just speakers. And then the guy is in the mic, right? And he's singing, but he's not actually singing a song. He's like, Look at girl number two, big titties for you. And he's screaming it into the fucking mic, dude. And you're just like, what? And then they all get up and they fucking like ring around the rosy with you, dude. And like, that's bizarre. Dude, it is bizarre. And then they come to your table. And if you buy them a drink, that means like you want to have sex with them. Dude, it's nuts. And, like, you have guys that will get in so much trouble at these places. Patrick Rafino, you need Jesus, my friend. Dude, I had that, like, human traffic vibe the second I went in there. I was like, no. Yeah, I can imagine. Dude, I was like, yeah, man, like, I'm not dealing with any of this. (laughs) Like, Like, it was uber- not a conducive environment. It's an Uber, not a conducive environment. Nice. Like I, I want to go back just because it's so fucking ridiculous. I want to. Wear- I would, I would go back after COVID, kind of just to see like what's changed in the past like two or three years. And I bet you it's a lot because I have a lot of people like on Facebook and on Instagram and stuff, and. Um, like they post stuff from time to time and i remember thinking like oh wow that they built that that looks pretty cool or you know oh wow tight you know but um definitely want to see yeah definitely want to see how it's improved honestly sounds like a good time i'm not gonna lie yeah bro i would i'd recommend it for you like if you ever like if you're trying to branch out or even if you just want to go on like on a really really cheap vacation like you don't need that much money the biggest thing is going to be the plane ticket you know that's only you know, six, seven hundred bucks. But right now, COVID's probably less. Yeah. And dude, dude, maybe I'll just rent an apartment in Kosovo. I'll buy myself like a couple tracksuits, fucking sell like PS5s out of the back of my car. Dude, <laughs> make, you it, do make that. enough for rent, make enough for probably like two months' rent, dude. I'll just split my time between California and Kosovo. Bro, you want to talk about the prison mentality? <laughs> they opened a fucking KFC in the capital. We had this guy named fucking Joshua Sweet who would have fucking go, like, get snacks and shit like that, this bro would go get KFC for all the fucking people. And, like, they'd come to his fucking car, this guy named Teddy McShan. He would, this guy was nuts. He was so fried, McShan. Just wave, just wave. 
Oh What's my up, God. buddy? Dude, Hi. He's Sam. So we had Barry Jones, who was Big Jones. Sam was medium-sized Jones, and that was Little Jones. That's right. Dude, Dude bro, at one at one point, bro, there was like five or six Joneses. Fuck, dude. Barry Jones was a good dude, man. But Barry, good. Barry was squared the fuck away. He, he, this is not contracting, young man. No, this ain't contracting. Just like contract. here who can't pass the raffle range. Barry Jones was a cool guy, man. Dude, he was hard. He was a hard motherfucker. Like fucking old, old Southern black dude, like Ranger Bat. Or I don't think he was Ranger Bat, but he was a he, he was Ranger qualified. I remember him saying like because he's like, I'm not even gonna do the voice. That's just gonna take away from it. But <laughs> he's like, when you go into these real contracts. When you go to the rifle range, they don't have somebody telling you, okay, adjust here, do this, do that. You put your name on that paper, and that means you already know how to do it. Whereas, yeah. like, over over there, they kind of, like, kind of baby you. Because there's a lot of guys there, Kosovo contract, that have never used the M4. Some even never used the 9 mil. So a cops, well, There's a lot of cops and, like, COs. You only a, lot need- of cop, a lot of cops, a lot of corrections. And uh, again, nothing against them. A lot of the ethnic Albanians who are also who are who are also American citizens that I think most of them lie on their resume. And because the pay is so low and, and uh, the quality of people, you know, it's easy to get people out there like that. So you have guys who are working as like waiters, painters, barbers, you know, masseuse, stuff like that, who put on their resume that they did security and they're good to go. First time they ever touch a gun is on Camp Bond Steel. Dude, and the thing is, because they, they won't leave. They'll stay there. No, forever. yeah, no, that's, and that's why management likes them because they don't have to worry. Because think, if they're already there and they're making 300, 400 euros a month and now they get a job working on the base making three grand, four grand, they'll never leave. It's a status thing too, man. Oh yeah, to say, hey, I work at the base, or hey, I work for this entity, or whatever. Yeah, it's one hundred percent a status thing with these people. With uh, and I get it, man. It makes sense. Like I'm not knocking on them. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm not mad at them for wanting to do better, but I think if in the event that something ever pops off, which probably never will, but if it does. And they do an investigation like, hey, how come your security guys have never done security? Um, someone has to answer for that, you know? Yeah, not, not here, man. yeah, no, same. I'm not there anymore. So if it happens, welcome. <laughs> welcome if I can't take a joke, dude. I'm just there for uh, my Kima. <laughs> and, uh... Oh, dude, Kima was the shit. Yeah, another, I'm there for my Kima and... Uh... My plus fours, dude. Plus fours, man. Get that Ipco, that Vala. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah, dude. And like your cell phone bill is only a dollar too. Yeah, like a dollar for like a week <laughs> or four days or something. And you got guys who are selling cell phone shit up on the base too, dude. There's so much hustling going on. It was awesome. It's a side hustle. Yeah. But uh, bro, I hate to cut it short, but uh, I gotta get these little people to bed. Yeah, Very you, good, man. I appreciate you coming on. It was nice, uh, nice hearing from you. Yeah, absolutely, brother, man. If you ever 
want me back on, I will definitely come on, speak to you guys, speak to your listeners. You guys are tight. Pat, it was cool to catch back up with you. Obviously, Brody, you know, now that we're uh, connected. And um, uh, so how often do you guys do this? Man, I mean, uh, I guess whenever whenever we could find someone to come on, yeah, there's no real set thing. You know, our schedule's got to line up. Thankfully, we we're able to able to get this planned yesterday and do it today. So that's nice. Yeah, 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 yeah that is. That, that worked <laughs> we out pretty finish. well. Okay, awesome, man. Yeah, I don't know if um, – are you cool if I send some people similar background your way? Not saying they'd even be up for it, but if they were, is that something I could do? That would be awesome, yeah. yeah. Awesome, bro. Um, also, if anyone's interested seeing some of my travel stuff, I've got uh, my Instagram, um, at Sam's Adventures. You can find me on there. Um, I think it's a picture of me and some building in Hungary behind me. Um, so yeah, check it out if you want to see like my travel stuff. Yeah, it's it's a good it's a good little thing. See a bunch of porn stuff. Heck yeah, I got you on some of my stuff too. I think I got yeah. you tagged every, in it. Every once in a while, he posts something I put on or I, I've taken a picture of just because oh they're fishing for clout or some nonsense. So. Don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know Pat's got his whole little travel thing going on on Instagram. Yeah, fucking renaissance man over here I'm trying, <laughs> that's awesome okay brother i'm gonna have to uh end it here okay okay right. yeah it was good talking to you man all right brother okay take care see ya mr pat and yeah, uh, thanks. Thanks for bringing them on. Yeah, that was awesome. Your guys' fucking stories, man, kill me. Dude, uh, we're just out there living our best life, man. Yeah, it's, it, it sounds like it, dude. It sounds like a good time, honestly. It is, dude. And like, dude, like the money at the time, and I don't know if we're recording still, but yeah. It, so the money at the time, it, like, like I said, I think I made a little over 40 grand there. I was 22 or 23 years old. And I really wasn't doing anything. Like I just finished my associate's degree and then I was like, well, I need to like go to college like four year. And I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I was like, I was thinking about going to paramedic school and I was either, I just broke up with a girl or I was like talking to a girl and it didn't work out. So I was like, fuck it, man. Like, I'm just going to get the fuck out of here. Like I was living in Austin, Texas and dude, I was having a blast and, uh, and all that stuff but dude it was just like i don't know it, it, it wasn't it wasn't a real thing you know it was it was very temporary if that makes sense so yeah i hear it so when you you know when you're living that life like that it's not you know you gotta i don't know man you just like you're having fun but i you know so i went overseas and you know i didn't have i sublet my apartment and i was making a decent amount of money man like you know, and I was having fun, you know, got, you know, I was able to drop a lot of weight, uh, you know, got, got strong and, uh, I don't know. I loved it, dude. It was definitely, it was definitely not a bad time, man. And I would definitely recommend that place, Kosovo for every, anyone, man. It's really, I don't know, a very advantageous place for a lot of people. Is it, uh, is it fairly easy to get a job over there? Like if you're yeah, a vet? Dude, 
Yeah, like, like they, dude. Any, any, any veteran can get a job there as long as you got the honorable discharge. Um, you know, manpower dictates standards, dude. Straight up. So sometimes they just are like, you can kind of sneak in what he was saying about some of the people who work there who might be uh, less than qualified, but I don't know. I used to rock with those guys on the range and uh, it was, uh, it was something, man. You know, you, you, you earned that paycheck that day. So, you know, and they're all nice people, man. And they're all just trying to make a better life for themselves. And some of them are fucking like former military, like, like we had a couple Albanian Americans who came over, were Marines, and then like went back over, and they were, you know, they really, yeah, they were just, you know, they they were essentially refugees, and then like during the war, you know, they were nine years old, they came over, and then they, uh, you know, they just made it work, man. Like, I don't know, it just they just wanted a better life, and they wanted to be back in, you know, their homeland, you know, so. Good, you know, just trying to make better life for themselves. I don't shit on those people, man. Like some guys do. I, I, I may understand where they're coming from, but at the same time, dude, if like you're not causing problems with me, you're not like a safety hazard. I ain't got anything real negative to say about you. So. Yeah, I feel it. Yeah, you know, there's there's plenty of Americans who acted a fool over there too. So. Yeah, sure. There was more than more than a few. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, when when are you bringing the beard back, man? I gotta know. I'm trying. I'm trying to figure it out, man. I'm growing my hair out right now. Um, like up top. We'll see. Um, I'm I'm sure I've said it before, but I am in nursing school right now, and I would like to go on some contracts next summer. I'm trying to figure that out. So if I do. Um, I'm going to grow it out. <sighs> Excuse me, because I'm hoping by that time I'll have enough money or well, I'll make enough money to where I won't have to work the the fall semester. For sure. Are you still trying to, you're trying to do Haiti, right, next year? Yeah, no, I'm doing Haiti in a couple weeks. I'm, no shit. Yeah, I'm a little, uh, not many people know that, including someone that I, you know, fancy, but it is what it is, and uh, I don't know, man. I'm just out here feeling sorry for myself, so we'll see what happens. Man. How long do you think it would be there? I have a one-way ticket. Send just, it, man. Dude, I'm just going to figure it out, dude. Like, I'm, I'm I don't know, man. I'm just going to do some self-reflection. I got three more. I got finals next week for for all that bullshit and then that's it man like i uh that's it you know like we're just letting it rock one day at a time one mission at a time man there's nothing else you can do unfortunately yeah well after you're there for a while we'll definitely have to have you come on again talk about haiti and then yeah. we got to um we got to figure out a time to get tim on here yeah, there's it a, works for both of you guys. There's a couple of dudes we got in the pipeline for those who are uh, who are curious about what's going on. Um, I got I got some COVID medics I want to talk to you about guys I met in New York who are still working COVID contracts. Um, when one of the guys who went down to Haiti 
he's pretty pretty all right guy. I'd like to uh, see what he he would he would like to talk about. Um, and then you know, there's just always like the I don't want to devalue their work, but there's always the Iraq Afghanistan crew that we can always pull out. And um, you know, there's one or two guys I, I know who did some traveling in Africa who can definitely you know uh, who can definitely contribute to the conversation. I uh, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do next summer. So if I can get some good stories, meet some more people, and then we can talk about more things. I'm currently writing an article now that uh, another reflection piece that I'll post in the next week or two since I'm getting ready to go on break. And uh, we'll grind on from there, guys. Like, I don't know. It's a slow process. I know you guys semi-like what I post, so. Yeah, I mean, someone. <laughs> Yeah. There are some people that read our shit for some reason, right? <laughs> yeah, I get it. I don't want to say a lot of messages, but I definitely like if if it gets posted on like Analyze or Mission uh, Essential, like I definitely get like DMs and whatnot. So yeah, that's what's up, man. That's good. Yeah, it, you know, it makes me feel valuable. We, you know, we don't make much coin doing this, so I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty fucking miserable as most of y'all y'all probably can gather so i uh i don't know man like i'd, I'd love to do this more on a maybe not like as my full-time job but mm-hmm. as like i can call out a shift type job yeah i hear it i really like doing it too i hope uh hope we end up going somewhere yeah yeah we'll see man like i'm not crazy you know i'm it's definitely uh it's definitely not like a hassle in my mind you know it's definitely an enjoyable thing so for sure know. and guys if you guys got cool stories or any of that dumb shit and you want to talk and like i don't know we can verify that you don't fucking suck like like we uh i don't know no problem talking to you guys and if you're a veteran and you got a business and it's not even contracting and whatnot, and you want to talk about that journey or some shit, or even if you're just like in public service space, you know, at some point in your life, you uh, did something for someone else, you know, let us know. Yeah, dude, if anyone want to, uh, if anyone work like security or is a veteran, police officer, EMT, firefighter, anything like that, you want to come on and tell your story a little bit and BS more than welcome just hit uh hit me up hit up pat you know instagram uh wherever man instagram twitter the social media sphere yeah but yeah man if y'all if y'all got anything for us man i'm uh i'm gonna pop out and uh, finish doing my studying bullshit and um you just let us know guys yeah for sure don't uh don't let me keep you but I'll, uh, I'll be talking to you soon. Of course, thanks for coming on. Thanks for bringing Sam on here. Um, and let me know when you're leaving for Haiti, man. Yeah, I definitely will offline. And then, you know, I'll take a, I'll take pictures. I'll take some videos. I'll throw them up on my little YouTube channel that I post like random shit on. And uh, we will grind on from there, man. Let's fucking send it, dude. Uh, it, was, uh, it was good talking to you. Um, let me, Know if you got anything in the works. Always. And then, yeah, see you soon. Later, bro. All right, catch you later.